Polyhedron is a production of Headcanon Games, LLC, and is sponsored by listeners like yourself. If you'd like to become a patron of Polyhedron, please go to patreon.com slash polyhedron. Now, on with your show. Hello and welcome to Polyhedron, your multifaceted podcast for everything RPG related. I am your host, Matthew, and as always, I have my co-host here, Scott. Matthew, you really need to inform inform new people about how the <laughs> ritual works. Yes. Uh, uh, otherwise, we might know. And, and what Scott is referring to is I forgot to tell our guest, James Davey of the Dark Archive, about the intro and how I play it, but you can't hear it, so you don't know what's going on. <laughs> So I just talked right in the middle of the intro. <laughs> That's amazing. That's called quality. Um, but anyways, everyone, welcome back to another wonderful Polyhedron. Unfortunately, Ryan could not make it this evening. He had some work-related things he had to go take care of, so he's not going to be here. He's in the code mines fighting the trolls and, yeah. the, and the underlings. Oh, actually, coding will come up later it in this, absolutely this will. conversation. Yeah, very well. He's deep in the matrix. He's hacking the planet, man. But uh, how are you guys? What has been going on? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Um, the Trinity Kickstarter went really well. It got all the stretch goals. Not all the stretch goals I wanted, because I really wanted them to hit the one where they got a, uh, a like a monetary boost to the creative team. I really wanted like that one, that, too. Like that, I, I firmly believe that if that's a possibility, that they should fucking get that, because artists deserve to be paid. They're going to be doing a lot more content. Yeah, yeah, after yeah, because yeah, of are. the Aeon expansion mm-hmm. that they're already written, they're oh, already I'm, going to be writing. I'm very happy about everything that got put into the Aeon expansion. It's going to be chock full of delicious detail. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I'm super looking forward to it. Um, James, what about you? Uh, I'm all right. Uh, so yeah, I'm a little bit behind on Dark Archive. My uh, we ha- we lost three employees in my clinic on the same day. Ooh. So I've uh, ended up filling the role of a whole lot of extra people. So I've just been exhausted, but everything's stabilizing, and we should have uh, more juicy Albrecht love out this I, week. I thoroughly enjoyed the first episode. Hey, I, the uh, king, baby. I, f- I felt bad for Albrecht because he got his ass beat by Granddaddy, and well, I mean, it, we all saw that coming. Mm-hmm. Well, every, well, it happens. From It was with yes. Albrecht's like, rank, and this is getting a little nerdy, <laughs> uh, like rank, rank three, three, and he's going up against what his... Rank six, that, dad, yeah. He was a legend. He's a legend, yeah. That's a, that's a diegetic term. Like, they, oh, yeah. they, 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 they rank them. Yeah, yeah. Like they, they refer to them more as the titles, but you know, yeah. it's still, it's still, like they can still recognize that there's a numerical aspect yeah. to this. He is an Adrin, and he is a legend. Yeah, which and is uh, the legend Christ. wins. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> Even if he's get, going old and insane. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Uh, but for me, not much else. I've been kind of just grinding through some game stuff, uh, kind of organizing stuff here. Uh, over the weekend, I was able to help out with the. Uh, was it the? Atlanta Science Fiction and Fantasy Expo that's uh, hold out for free over in DeKalb, uh, North DeKalb Mall uh, every year. This is their fourth year of doing it. I was able to just do, do some audio video work for them and got to know the people up there. Uh, definitely going to look into that next year and see if we can do panel stuff because they're always accepting new people. It's free, so anyone can show up. Anyone can be a part of it, and they do game room stuff. They do all the normal con I, stuff. I know a guy who's writing a, uh, a cyberpunk RPG he mm-hmm. might be yeah. interested in. Yeah, just a yeah. little bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I I mostly stayed home and cleaned my house and got some chores done and watched some movies. You're an adult. An well, adult is what you are. I mean, 
the cat puke doesn't clean up itself. Yes, yeah, true. That's fair. Uh, I did some cleaning. Also, uh, last game game related stuff. I actually worked on a Nerf gun for AT. Cool. Uh, finished. Got that completely painted and ready to go. There was some mechanical tweaking. I literally took it apart like twelve times and had to put it back together twelve times. <sighs> but anyways, uh, yeah, let's just hop right into it. There's not a lot of super news other than was it strongholds and followers? The one we talked about Jesus last. Jesus. One point six million dollars, and it's not done yet. It's the last week, and that's not even James because you're you're new to this little thing. One point six million, and it's not even a base game. It's not like a oh new yeah game. yeah. I've been watching it. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I'm just I, I just it, it, for everybody out there listening. Look, if I just kickstart me being rich <laughs> with no rewards <laughs> at all. Do you think you guys could just help me out with that? Oh, absolutely, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. We, we tell you, you're cool, dude. I believe in yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, I would be a great rich guy. I mean, <laughs> that's an occupation, yeah. rich guy. Yeah, I would, I would, I, mean, I would you, buy you guys you could, all McDonald's could, and shit. It you would could be great. buy a tiers of rewards, like, like you know, if you do, uh, you know, a, a, a ten thousand dollar reward, I'll pick up your phone. Like when you call me, I'll, I'll, I'll pick it up. It's like, um, oh, that was two hundred dollars. Thank you. You get to wash my car uh, uh, one if weekend. You, if you give me a hundred thousand uh, dollars, I will lobby any of your uh, decisions that you'd like through Congress. Because that's I'm pretty sure that's how congressional kickstarters work, yeah. right? The congressman, yeah, kind of. It's uh, like, hey, if you give me a hundred thousand dollars, I'll make sure that uh, that uh, that they, thing you want will totally pass. I'll, I'll make sure that we uh, put signs on bathroom doors that you want on there. Oh. <laughs> yep, that was too uh, on the nose. A little yeah. too. Topical. That was a little on the nose, but Fair that's okay. Enough. That's okay. We're no, we're willing to be a no, little edgy. No, on none this. of us have known anything like democracy. No, no. Well, it's, that's because we're never, public. Right, public. We're not a democracy. Uh, democracy. It's a democratic yeah, republic. Yeah. But anyways, this is not a political political podcast this we, is we a, could be we could just change the format right now <laughs> yeah exactly uh yo uh yeah but that kickstarter is amazing he's doing great work he's being super communicative on his youtube channel which he's very very good at um which i think is part of his mass appeal as why he's gotten so much support so well, that's his steez man yeah like, man and i'm i'm lo- learning a lot from it uh, that's absolutely he's because he's super open about all the kit back in kickstarter stuff so he's like you got to do this and this is what we're going to be doing and this is what you guys will be doing so this is where we're going forward so i, cool. I applaud him matt Koval out there i applaud you sir but let's get to the main topic, which is very important because at the end of this episode, I'll have some logistics to go over with everyone. But we're going to talk about, we're going to go do another deep dive into Shadowrun. Um, that's why our good friend James Davey is here. He is, uh, he is a, what would you call yourself? A, a, an, an archivist of Shadowrun? Uh, no, no. no. Uh, I, I am a guy who has played Shadowrun quite a lot. Uh, I would say that of the non-White Wolf games, it's probably my favorite. Um, I've played every edition since uh, since second, uh, including now Anarchy. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. So I, I'm a big fan of it. Uh, I definitely would not call myself an expert. However, uh, for those of you out there listening, there is an expert uh, podcaster who does something very similar to the yep. Dark Archive. It's called the Neo Anarchy Podcast. It's run by a guy named uh, Opti, and it is uh, an in-universe history just like what I do. Yep. In fact, I wasn't even aware of him until a friend introduced me after I started the Dark Archive. Uh, I'm like, oh, hey, man, I'm sorry I kind of stole your format. I didn't... Uh... <laughs> But he's a really great guy. If you get the opportunity to listen to him, he's got the history from back from 1999 until yeah, 2075. That, uh, I've listened to the Neo Anarchist, and that's absolutely true. It's very good. It's very informative. He goes, but they're really what's really cool. They're really short, 
So they're really fast and short. They give you, they focus on one topic, one topic only, and they move forward. I'll definitely have links in the show notes to his stuff. So if you're super interested in Shadowrun, check him out. It'll, we'll give you, give you even more detail that we can't go over in and this just, episode. And just bear with him because he started that podcast back in like 2011 or something. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so the, the first few episodes are a little bit of a grind because of audio quality. Yep. But I mean, you know, he's been running a, a pretty successful Patreon for a while. So now he's got really good sound recording equipment. And he's, yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's really cool. It's and that would make him, I think, a second generation podcaster. Yeah, like, he's, yeah, it, because the podcasting started roughly in the double aughts and the early aughts, and then he'd probably be that second generation or when the next yeah. he got inspired by someone else, and he he's now inspiring. Well, indirectly, indirectly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what what is Shadowrun, guys? Help me help me out. What is it? Uh, Shadowrun is a cyberpunk role playing universe and rule system. Um, it is uh, related to the, the same sorts of ideas as the other cyberpunk games like cyberpunk. cyberpunk. <laughs> um, but it, it sort of blends. Uh, it's one. I think it might be the only of the cyberpunk games that blends magic back into the world. Yes. So you've got sort of a Dungeons and Dragons esque uh, magic system and creatures and dragons and all of that. But then on top of that, you have people with chrome limbs and. Assault rifles. Cybernetics. So it's very much uh, my summation of it from what I in picture is it's kind of like somebody said, I want to play a cyberpunk dystopian future game, but I want my orcs and my elves and my dragons. That's basically when right. they're like, but how did these two things merge together in a cohesive whole? And let's just say through many, many years of writing and sort of going and grinding through the setting they finally got there to a point that it's really, really sexy and cool. Yeah. Because I bet when they first, because if you look at, I have the second generation book around, you can see like the setting material is like 10 pages. Whereas if you even look at the anarchy book, it's like another 20 pages. Yeah. And that's not including like the fifth edition stuff, the most recent stuff. And they've got even more material because and they've got hundreds of splat books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Splat it's, books as well as uh, novels. Yep. Uh, and, and, like they've they've done a lot. There's been a lot of words thrown at this setting to flush it out. I mean, it's it's. I mean, if you think about it, it's as old as Forgotten Realms. So mm-hmm. it's it's as developed as Forgotten Realms. Too. Uh, it was actually made in 1989 by Faza, um, and they held on to that until 2001, until they went to WizKids. So that's how old this setting is. Like first edition is 89. AD&D was still. Widely right. played by people at that point. So you're talking something that's very, very new conceptually is going, I'm going to mix this weird, hard science fiction with this deep fantasy lore yep. and then move forward from there. Um, so, so the first kind of like big chocolate and peanut butter style style that that and, yeah. I, mean, and I remember you you mentioned second edition. I remember in second edition that it didn't it didn't really uh, mesh quite as well. But at this point, I think from Third, eh, fourth edition, fifth edition, man. When I look at their the way that they've blended the world together, it makes sense to me. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. of course. There's there's dwarves with magical fire, yeah. and also a guy with an invisibility suit. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So let's go over some 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 brief history of this fantastic world. So we have some context for our audience. So we, then we can get into sort of the cool nitty gritty of what this setting can actually bring. Because we highly, hugely encourage anyone to go look into it. As he said, there's like over 50 novels written, hundreds of splat books from multiple editions. So there's tons of material for you just to go out and consume. And 
no matter what kind of genre you like, you probably can find a niche for it somewhere in Shadowrun. Yep. So let's 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 take it back. So what's the basic history of this world? Uh, okay. So what you really kind of want to start with with Shadowrun is is imagine the world that we live in right now. Uh, well. Imagine the world that we lived in about 20 years ago. Yep. <laughs> so it's 1999. Um, uh, basically, what it, probably the foundational decision, uh, and that that's the thing about Shadowrun, is the history is told in not only these grand magical events, but also in Supreme Court decisions yes. that are very important. Uh, in 1999, uh, there were, uh, due to various global crises, there was a food shortage in New York City. Uh a group of individuals came to re or came to think that some company was hiding food from them. Yep. So they uh, they attacked a convoy of that company's trucks, and the guards on board that convoy just killed them all with automatic rifles. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, that company got sued, uh, and it, it went all the way to the Supreme Court. And what the Supreme Court said, because what the company was actually carrying was virulent biological warfare. Yeah. Uh, no, it was like biological waste. It was something terrible that was yeah. going to kill a whole lot of people. And so the Supreme Court said basically, uh, yeah, you know, you, you actually saved more people than you killed, so we're cool. And what they did there is they paved the way for the concept of extraterritoriality. Yep. Now, in the real world right now, there are things that have extraterritoriality, like, um, like foreign um, embassies on our soil have right. extraterritoriality. Uh, what the Saratech decision did in 1999 that in the Shadowrun universe uh, opened the way for corporations to now have extraterritoriality. Yes. So theoretically speaking, if you try to rob Coca-Cola's headquarters and you get plugged by a guard and they bury you in a private cemetery, that's their that's their soil. Yeah, it doesn't they, matter. Basically, they, corporations start gaining sovereignty, sovereignty, sovereignty over their whatever they own. Yeah. C- um, Citizens United is in no way a stepping stone to this. Right. Well, so, so, so that, that was sort of the first step. It wasn't until the, the Shiaoese decision in 2001 that it was yeah. officially established that uh, that corporations could literally do basically whatever they wanted on their own um, on their own soil. Uh, some other stuff happens there. I mean, this is I'm, I'm looking through my notes here, and there's there's lots of various things. Uh, probably the next big, really important thing um, is the uh, the Lone Eagle incident. Yes. Um, oh, so that that's actually a good thing. The um, so basically what happened is there was a couple global ep- epidemics that happened. Um, people got really upset, and then you had the Lone Eagle incident, which I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, is where basically some Native Americans uh, got fed up, and they basically took out the Shiloh... I think they camped out uh, across the river from a pipeline that was being... Oh no! Wait, I'm sorry. That was actually the real. Uh, <laughs> no, it was. It was. Yeah, they, it was Shiloh. They took yeah, out the Shiloh facility. They, they took out the Shiloh. Basically, they took out a a, a nuclear missile. Basically, they took over a, a a launching pad for a nuclear missile, and and they launched them at Russia. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. That 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 happened. Um, nobody could figure out how they suddenly got mysteriously got into that silo to begin with to take it over. But well, the other thing that nobody could ever figure out is that in flight the missile went missing. Mm-hmm. It never hit. Nobody knew where nobody it went. Nobody scrapped it. Nobody, nobody destroyed right. it. There was no explosions whatsoever connected to it, but it never landed. So uh, the, the, the the epidemic you were mentioning was Vitas, yes. um, V-I-T-A-S, and that was still spreading all across the world, uh, and the government decided that it was going to round up all the 
Amerinds, American Indians, because yep. of the Shiloh incident, and uh, put them in concentration camps. And the Vitus education reeducation centers. Uh, Vitus really tore through those camps because of poor uh, hygiene, and uh, you know it, it was it was very very bad, and it pissed off a whole lot of Amerinds, and it also caused Vitus to really explode and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Really, uh, I believe it's uh, so. Yes, my notes say in 2010, Vitus killed off a quarter of the world's population. Um, no, that's that sends absolute shivers down my back. Yep, uh, there will be many, many instances of mass death in the world, and not just from a virus uh, coming up. Yep, and the, well, the next big thing that happens, and this is where you start to okay, all of this stuff that's real world and depressing, and yep. You know, like this is shit that could really Hard happen. Type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't necessarily believe any of this could happen until the most recent president was elected, and then I thought, shit, oh, shit. I hope I don't become an elf, uh, or <laughs> I hope I do become an elf. Yeah. But that's not really the way it works. Uh, in 2011, the craziest thing happened: um, elven and dwarven babies started being born. Yeah, it was called unexpected genome expression, I believe. UG unexpe- unexpected genetic expression. Yeah, and basically they're they're dubbed quote unquote by the media. Elves and dwarves, right? Mm-hmm. Giant quotation marks for the people who can't see what we're doing right now. Uh, and so they're like, "Oh, this is a little weird," but we're moving right along because they basically look, look still human. Mm-hmm. They build function as a human being would, so they don't right. look weird. Too weird. Uh, all, at the same time that this is going on, NASA has discovered uh, skeletal remains on Mars, <laughs> but they're dealing with that, and they're not really letting anybody know what's going on. Let's see. The next big thing is I, I I actually am just going down the <laughs> timeline right now. Yeah, they're, they're, there's a really good that's an, all the books are really good about explaining like year breaking everything down like sort of year by year of what's really going on the big highlights. So and all, all they call 2011 the year of chaos because so many crazy things happened yep. all at once. The next big thing that happened was that magical ley lines started to appear all over England. Yeah, and they didn't know what that was. Right. Uh, suddenly, there was this new. I mean, basically, imagine what what would happen in a world of today if a new energy source just appeared everywhere. And in to the to at that point, magic had not come fully back into the world. So magic was still practiced by cooks and in religious uh, observations and just right. general people like that. So suddenly, some of their magic secretly started working. Right, like it started doing stuff. Uh, the big thing, though, uh, that happened in the year. Well, UGE was big, but the the biggest thing that happened in uh, in 2011 was that a a commuter train uh, <laughs> in Japan on its way to work, December 24th, December 24th. Uh, all of the commuters looked out the window, and there was a literal dragon flying beside yep. the uh, train, and of course, it killed them all. Because oh, Ryumio, I didn't think he actually killed him. I thought it went over to Mount Fuji. I, th- I think Ryumio killed uh, the, the commuters on board the train. Oh, oh okay. I, didn't I could be wrong about that. I'm not an expert. So if you're out there and you heard me say that Ryumio killed everybody and he didn't, I was wrong. Uh, why don't you email us at paulhedronpodcast at gmail.com and, complain and say how wrong we are. And tell Scott that he was the one that was wrong. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, we uh, we apologize to uh, to the great dragon. Uh, we we know, uh, no attempt at slander. Uh, please don't sue us, dragon. Right. Because that's a or thing that can us. happen. Or eat us. Yeah. Eat, eat sue, you know. So basically, the <laughs> world the world had to reawaken and realize that dragons were real. And the next year, dragons just started showing up. Dunkle yep. Zahn showed up and went on. Uh, he did an interview on reality TV. And <laughs> he actually, that's the one who, so Dunkle Zahn was the American, one of the American dragons that mm. showed up. And basically, he gave everyone the 411 of kind of what was going on. Yo, we're dragons. No, we can take human form. This is cool. 
we we we're pretty obvious that we're dragons even when we're in human form because you don't know why, but you're just naturally terrified of us. Mm-hmm. Lofware appeared the same year and yep. bought. I think he bought Cider Krupp that year. He may not have bought it just yet. Uh, yeah, this gets really weird. Dragons own shit. This dragons gets, own a lot of shit. Yeah, this mm-hmm. gets really weird. Um, because Luff, uh was a, the first dragon, the one that went on the interview. The name again? Dunkelzon. Dunkelzon basically explained that yeah, this is the sixth age of of the world. This is this has happened before, and it will happen again. Right. And it's okay. This is a natural part of the universe. That's why we woke up again. So. So I like could the, be wrong, but I think that at the time, and again, if you're if you know more about Shadowrun than me, I think this was still the fifth age. I think oh, the sixth not, age is yeah, now. That was not the crossed over yet, right? I think it was it was uh, it was after the Great Ghost Dance that we entered the sixth age. Sorry, ah. sorry, I forgot about that part. Yeah, uh, we're gonna get there, but it's coming. Uh, in 2014, the Native American Tribal Council got together, and all of the tribes of North America bounded together into one nation and uh, seceded which went exactly as well as you would think it did. Mm-hmm. Um, all of all across the world, uh, countries are falling apart because suddenly there is magic now. and There's, there's magic, there's dragons, there's these dwarves, there's these elves, right. there's horrible blo- biological problems, there's resource problems everywhere, and, oh, wait, corporations also have extraterritoriality, which means they can kind of own shit? Right, so now imagine imagine that the, the U.S. is headed, or imagine the world that we live in right now. The U.S. Mm-hmm. is headed towards a, a hyper-polarization that could potentially, <laughs> theoretically, lead to a civil war, and the NRA is not able to just donate to presidents. They're able to fund their own armies. Yes. So that is the world that is beginning to develop. Coca-Cola so starts literally buying up land in Atlanta and making it, part of the coca-cola corporation science fiction everyone science fiction it's never happened this is just a far-flung future yeah um Um, i'm scared (laughs) a a private company buys nasa yep after something goes wrong on mars uh and in 2016 the native americans the amarins as they call themselves uh declare war on the u.s while that is going on, there's a whole lot of people get killed in a whole lot of various wars. And then in 2017, the Great Ghost Dance, uh, where all the Amarins get together. And th- at this point, nobody actually believes for sure that magic is real. Right. There had been rumors and sort of crackpot theories more and more, especially now that a dragon's running around doing stuff. Right. So uh, so Daniel Howling Coyote, who's the leader of the uh, the NAN, the, National, or the Native American Nation, uh does this big ritual called the Great Ghost Dance, and simultaneously Mount Mount Hood, Rainier, St. Helens, and Adams erupt. And that's it. The U.S. is done. Yeah. Four major volcanoes erupt and destroy most of their and areas. they basically, I believe, annex the crap out of a whole bunch of the United States and declare theirs. So, so hold on. Let, let, let me get this straight. There's this this force that's going through the, through the world that's causing great changes. Uh, a lot of people don't really believe in it. Some people like have, have, have vested interest in denying that it exists, mm-hmm. and yet it still wreaks terrible change yeah. and catastrophe over, over the world. But th- there's still a Science lot of people. Fiction. Yeah. Science there's fiction. Science. There's still a lot of people who, who I think are, are at this point are, are, are uh, adamant that uh, the the five volcanoes erupting simultaneously didn't didn't happen yeah, or, yeah, or exactly. deny it. They were, they're, yeah. they're they're volcano and, deniers. And that's what brings the full sixth age explanation down. That the that that magic starts basically because they perform this ritual. It's basically live on TV. Everyone sees it. It happens. Yep. Magic exists, and the age clicks over. And so the U.S. government uh, basically goes to Daniel Howling Coyote and says, what do you want? Make it stop. 
And yeah. Daniel Howling Coyote says, we're taking Denver. It's ours. Yep. We're just, we're making Denver. Yep. Uh, it, there, there's a new nation carved out here. Colorado doesn't belong to you anymore. Yep. Uh, so basically, the, the U.S. enters a phase of rapid decline. It busts into several different nations. Um, while this is all going on, uh, technology is continuing apace. Uh, the first successful cyber limb is given to a violinist who is a oh, cool. first-year violinist. Uh, and then in 2020... The Ayatollah of Iran declares jihad against all metahuman races, and two days later, a dragon destroys all of Tehran. Uh, metahuman, that's that's the catch-all term for, for, yeah. for elves, dwarves. Um, the, other, the globalization hasn't happened yet. Hasn't happened yet. Yeah, okay, so it's only elves and dwarves that exist currently in the right. world. Right, and then in 2021, goblinization occurs. And when goblinization occurs, about 10% of the world's population uh, just suddenly changes into orcs and trolls. Uh, and this isn't, like, some are very quick and comfortable. They, they t- it happens for a few days, and boom, they're now a troll or an orc. Some of them are a lot more damaging, and some many of them die right. from the changes. And then even to the point that some people, they're like, oh, you're fine, and they go through puberty, and suddenly, bam, they start having a secondary, essentially, magical puberty and turn into an orc or a troll. And so now we have four primary kind of races, true races in the world. Meta, meta, uh, metavariants. Yeah, mm-hmm. metavariants on the human form, which in you have orcs. Trolls are giant, seven-foot-tall slabs of beef. With skin, giant, their skin is armor a lot of yeah, times. huge mm-hmm. horns. They, they are giant. Orcs are more just big and beefier humans with more pronounced sort of lower bites and, and sort of teeth. One of the really interesting things that Shadowrun does at this point is your race doesn't go away. Mm-hmm. So you can be a, a an African American orc, or mm-hmm. uh, you yeah. can be a, a Chinese no, troll. Yeah. So now you've got this whole new world of racism that occurs because basically, in in a show of solidarity, your hammerskins and your uh, your your the KKK. Put aside their hatred of non-whites and instead hate non-humans. Right. And it's a true quasi-race war starts develop brewing mm. underneath. It's a whole new axis of racism. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. because they could they can say they're literal demon. They're like, they're demons. Yeah. They basically say they're demons and they're you're worshiping the devil by actually worshiping this thing that looks kind of like a biblical demon. And pretty soon hereafter, I, I don't know exactly when, but they form the uh, all of those 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 sort of uh, the remnants of the white supremacist organizations get together and form the Polyhumanist Club, which is or the Humanist Poly Club, which yeah. is just just as the KKK only yeah. they they hate yeah. black people less than they hate troll yeah, people. Yeah, the poly clubs start becoming sort of a worldwide phenomenon of like, oh, we're going to be a club looking at political theory as sort of like a, a pastime like right. we're going to start looking at different modes of how we organize ourselves oh. and how we approach oh things. here it so, is it's 2023 that humanist poly club is founded uh, uh, that makes sense so so a uh, a movement uh that that revitalizes these sort of like <laughs> oh, superiority uh, i see what the po- theme ideologies of this is. wow <laughs> yeah that they science li- fiction guys yeah. they were a little wrong about the dates but they hit every <laughs> everything uh so 2021 goblinization 2022 vitus 2 Vitus the second two. strain of Vitus yep. hits kills another ten percent of the world's population. We're 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 hit, we're hit, getting hit hard. We're not doing well. No. Nope. Um. So, 
Gosh, man. And uh, basically, I, I can I can really deep dive into this, but I'm going to kind of speed it up a little yeah, bit here. Fine, uh, we we make great strides in, in augmented reality and virtual reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, SimSense, which allows you to watch a video on YouTube, but actually sense it as if you're like, there. Yeah, as if you're the person right. experiencing the things that they're experiencing. Um, in 2025, one of the really important things is that... Uh, uh, Seattle, which has become one of the major uh, metropolitan hubs in the world, yep. uh, can no longer police itself. The government cannot afford to do that, so a private company comes along and buys out the police force. Lone Star is yep. established. Uh, Lone Star, if, for those of you who played the Super Nintendo Shadowrun <laughs> back in the day, are the assholes in uniforms that showed up and and shot you before they determined whether or not you were actually armed because... Um, it's science fiction. Science, science fiction. fiction. Science fiction, um, yeah. Jeez, yeah, um, man. That's, that's, not, that's really not sitting God, well with me. Uh, I need some... Uh, can we get some alcohol in here? Because this is getting a little depressing, so, actually. So, the after show, everyone. Stay for the after right. show. We're gonna, I'm going to go gra- grab a bottle of vodka. Um, so... Uh, basically, where, where we're at right now is that dragons uh, own a bunch of businesses, and those mm-hmm. businesses have taken over all global finance while all of the world is in this huge war. Uh, these companies form a thing called the corporate court, which uh, is beginning to involve itself in things like, well, remember the internet died. Well, they're now reconstructing the internet, and yep. they're reconstructing it in a brave new way called the Matrix. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Matrix allows you to literally enter it in VR, so mm-hmm. you can plug your brain directly in and go to, uh, I assume, Pornhub. Um, <laughs> yes. Well, that's, that's, that's the landing, that's the, landing page. Yeah, they're yeah. using the Simpsons technology to allow your consciousness and allow your experience to be put somewhere else, essentially. Right, right. Um, so... Let's see. There's a whole bunch of other stuff that happens. I, I, I could literally spend six hours going through all of this. Yep. Um, Amazonia is founded in 2034. We talked about yep. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cast succeed, uh, secedes from the UCAS in 2034. The South rises again. And yep. it actually, I hate it, but in the storyline, it works out pretty well for them. The cast ends up doing actually pretty well because at that point they have irradiated swamps and they can use those for power and for various uh, things. Various things. Um, Gross. The world is not a happy-go-lucky place, but there are some more upsides than it was. The world is basically, like, imagine that we continue on this course, but there's magic now. Yeah. 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 Um, so so that's generally the brief history. There's a lot, a lot, lot more. Because as but, we mentioned, the, the history keeps getting updated. One, one of my yeah, favorite... Yeah, we, we can't go through the entire... Uh, the Matrix crashes, a whole lot of people die. Later on, it crashes again, a whole lot more people die. And they uh, keep bringing it back. But w- one thing that we do have, I don't want to get into it, but we do have to talk about the, the death of Dunkelzon. Yeah, that's the Dunkle Zone, oh, and then one yeah, of the we can talk about the otaku happen. later. Yeah, D- Dunkle Zone, eventually, the dragon we mentioned earlier, eventually gets elected president. Uh, yeah, because he's like, sure, why not? Well, like, he, I mean, he, he was... He was kind of like, quote unquote, the nice one. Right. And he, he drafts this this lengthy will that nobody is allowed to see. At the same time, there's this business guy named Richard Villiers who is buying up off Fuji, I think, a whole lot of businesses across uh, right. the world. Uh, and Dunkelzon gets assassinated. Yep. Um, I think I want to say moments after he moments after he gets accepts the presidency. Yeah. He is president for about, I think, five hours and like 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> And then he gets murked. But a dragon, he, mind you, a full ass dragon 
gets jacked right. immediately. But uh, there's there's a lot of question about how that happened. Well, what mostly very, very important uh, thing happens, and that is that Dunkelzahn's will goes public. And Dunkelzahn's will just fucks everything up royally. <laughs> yeah. uh, I see if I can... I, I don't need, I, His will, part, part of his will is actually written out in one of the books. Um, you can get it, um, and it becomes the source of many, many of the adventures in Shadowrun because Dunkelzahn's, he had so much resources mm-hmm. that he yep. was like, here, you literally, this random dude who helped me out that one time, yet <clears throat> you literally have the equivalent of $10 billion now. Mm-hmm. Have fun. And well, that was only a fraction I, like, of There was also, had. like, I think, if I remember correctly, like, some of the people mentioned in the will are, like, long-running active tables of Shadowrun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, people's PCs yeah. get mentioned. Yeah, and, and play testers and stuff like which, that. Which I can only imagine. You come down to play... And uh, you 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 bring out this book, and you're one of these PCs, and says, uh, "So GM, Did it I says the- in the, it says in the book that I have t- ten million yuan." But he, yeah, he he leaves a whole lot of of magical artifacts and money and power in places with uh, with contingencies attached to them that make people do things that now advance his agenda, whatever that agenda and, may and, be. And there's a weird, when after his death, there's a weird astral rift where he was assassinated. Right. And many years later, uh, a couple years later, actually, a, another dragon, quote unquote, shows up. Ghostwalker. Ghostwalker. And he goes and fucks shit up uh, somewhere else in, I think, uh, North America. He ends up becoming the, uh, the, Mayor's not the right word. Uh, he ends up uh, uh, no presi- tyrant. They call no. That's right. The tyrant, the tyrant of, of Denver. Uh, Denver. Yeah, yeah. he was the tyrant of Denver. Um, and uh, this isn't Donkelzon. This isn't like the soul of Donkelzon or something. It's something. else. It's some other asshole. Right. Yeah, it's something else. Um, and basically, what ends up happening in the modern sort of whatever edition you're in, whatever the modern time is, basically the world is so fractured, but has sort of reached an equilibrium with itself because all of the corporations are doing what they do best, which is trying to make money and continue their agendas. There are 10 major corporations at this time. There are as technology, which we mentioned earlier, which is based in basically central America. They own all of it. Don't go there. And yeah. Well, no, they're, they have very wholesome business practices. They definitely uh, have that, very wholesome, very wholesome. No blood, no, no blood, blood magic, magic no or blood anything magic like that. A lot of blood magic. Actually, there's there is a not, Zero sum of blood magic. Yeah. Um, uh, ours technology, uh, ours macro technology, which is basically the arms dealer of the world at this point. Best weapons. Ares, Ares makes Ares. the best weapon, yeah. Ares macro technology, I apologize. Mm-hmm. Um, you, have, uh, you have Evo Corp, which is basically a bio uh, bio firm, uh, pharmaceutical company. Now, these are the ones that are there in 2075. Yeah, these are in 2075. Back in 2059, like a lot of these weren't there yet. Uh, some of them were mentioned, but then they, some have risen and fallen. Basically, Every time they update the canon, they sort of change out the uh, which one's on top, which one's on bottom. And people get bought. Yeah, yeah. people get bought. People things Murders get destroyed. Yeah, yep. uh, you have Horizon Corp, which deals with a lot of technology. Oh, they deal with uh, PR. I apologize. They deal with a lot of PR stuff. Horizon yeah. is Horizon is legitimately Disney. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, uh, something to know about a lot of the time period in which Shadowrun was first developed was back when a lot of the ideas or the culture from Japan and China was becoming very influential in 
in America. Yeah. And it was kind of the idea of their... Well, Japanese are buying up everything. Yeah, Japanese are buying up everything. I remember that. The culture of Japan is starting to hit America a lot harder, and especially their modern corporate culture. And so the writers took a lot of that inspiration and like baked it hard. Well, like like a lot of Seattle is Japan now. I think... It is yeah, a lot of Seattle is Japan, Japan. now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it because Rinraku is a Japanese company. Mm-hmm. And then it gets bought out, and then there's a revolt, and then they free themselves again. And then it's the arc- a big ass. And history, then the arcology happens, and yeah. that's a whole nightmare. Um, so you have Rinraku the, the no longer exists. The reason that up is the next company is, uh, I'm probably going to butcher this, Mitsushima Computer Technologies, which yep. obviously they help bring the Matrix back, I think Matrix 2.0. You have Neonet, which also does sort of the same stuff. Uh, Rinraku. Uh, computer systems, uh, which helps it obviously develops more technology uh, and more sort of matrix technology and a lot of automation. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Shader Crump Heavy Cider, Industries, Cider Crump, Cider Crump. I think that's another dragon C- one. Yeah, Cider Crump is owned by Loftware, and they are uh, they used to be Chrysler. Mm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, German engineering and, and dragons. Yeah. We mentioned this one earlier. The Shaiwazis Corporation still exists. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are they are uh, pretty big. I can't remember what they do. Oh yeah, they do also agriculture, virotech. They're based out in Japan. I they're believe. they're Monsanto. Yeah, and the mm-hmm. one Chinese megacorp at this point is the uh, the Wu, uh, Wujing Incorporated, uh, which is basically uh, they handle a lot of shipping and also arcane and magical research. Very important. Uh, I have spoken to a couple of Wujing uh, uh, folks, and they they make it very clear that they are not in any way involved with the triads. Not, no, that, not, that's, not in any way. How dare you? How dare, how dare you how, bring up that implication? I just don't so, even... with a little bit of this history backstory, we apologize. It would We would literally It would do literally like be nine, two episodes, it, yeah. It would be like a nine-part series it's, trying to talk about it. It's a very deep, very rich uh, but history. The, 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 the crux of being a what part of Shadowrun is to being something called a shadow runner. Right. Um, it is the idea that you are essentially live outside normal society. Most most people have what's known as a SIN, which is a social inf- uh, what is it? information systems identification system identifi- number. Identification it's number. the mark of the beast. Yeah, it's your uh, it's your social security number. It's your credit card. It's mm-hmm. everything's uh, it's tied ev- to it. It's it's your it's your main matrix login. It's whatnot. It is how the meta corporations just stomp on your dick. Uh, and and well, and, where the where the where the shadow runners come from is if all of these mega corporations have extraterritoriality, that is, they they can do whatever they are sovereign entities. Then it means that, like you said, uh, Neonet and uh, and uh, uh, Shioese may not Shioese, but Neonet and Horizon may yeah, Horizon. may compete in one area. Yep. So if we're competing in this area and we have this corporate court that. Uh, that ensures that we don't violate each other's sovereignty. Well, how do we how do we really compete? And the way that we compete is we hire teams of people to go in and literally steal employees, steal stuff, technology, uh, blow stuff you. up, kill people. Yep. Uh, because the truth of the matter is that we don't know who those people are. We yeah. hire them through a third party who hires them through a third party. Right. Deniable assets. And, and what Shadowrunners typically are, they're generally sinless, which means for hook or by crook, somehow they've reached they've reached the sort of the gutter of society, and they're outside of the normal corporate structure. Um, they live in the shadows. They live in literally the shadow, and that's where they run. Uh, and when they do this, they have to make money. Mm-hmm. Money, New Yen, which becomes the... Global standard, standard, uh, standard global currency standard. of the entire world. You've got to eat. You got to pay rent. You still got to do all this stuff. You got to get your equipment together. 
in doing this, you've got to make money, but no one can really hire you legitimately. Yeah, you know, you don't have a social security number. You don't. Right. Have, so you're not of, in the system. Also, a lot of these people don't have the personalities for corporate life, as mm-hmm. it were. They're very they're iconoclasts. The, yeah. the iconoclasts. But you know, you you the way you lose your sin is like either either something happens to you or you intentionally get rid of it yep. because you want to become a shadow runner. Why the fuck would you? Or want? you're running away from a corp. Like you yeah. did something, or because corporations don't like messy things, and so if you have Happened to be oh a shadow run went off these these guys came in and they busted up the place and you were just a lowly tech that didn't get killed and you saw what happened but you weren't supposed to see what happened that may force you into the shadows because you don't want to get killed. Well, I mean, th- th- you, you ask why would anybody want to be a shadow runner? Uh, because Money. shadow runners are <laughs> there's a certain hero worship or anti-hero worship mm-hmm. among the the average everyday wage slave and and if you're watching, you're a wage slave. That's <laughs> yeah. who we as people are. Hi. Uh, we work all day. Uh, now imagine that you go to work all day, and then when you leave, you don't get to go home because you live in the arcology, which is owned by the corporation. Right. Every- so your apartment is all like I work at Google. I go home to my apartment, which is in the Google headquarters, and everything I own is Google brand. Right. And, and I I'm, have Google food. Yeah. Yeah. And I we drink Google brand water. And uh, so you 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 literally. You're called a wage slave because you're mm-hmm. paid, but it's important to note too that because of extraterritoriality, these contracts you sign can include clauses like "we literally own you, and if you try to leave, we'll kill you." Yep. Mm-hmm. And so one of the great big Shadowrun uh, goals is what they call extraction. Uh, if Google wants to hire you, but you work at uh, at Apple, they'll send a team in to kill some guards and kidnap you, yep. and mm-hmm. bring you to the new place that you're going to sell and your soul. And you now sign a new contract. With Google, with probably bigger bonuses because of what you just had to go through. But again, another cor- you're just well, switching, okay. switching one you, corporation you were, for another. You were promised bigger bonuses, yes. but right. it turns out we have this incriminated footage of you participating in the murder of some Apple employees. So let's go but, ahead and talk about that. That contract. was the team that you hired. Um, I'm, uh, I, uh, excuse what, me. Let, what are you, not, are you talking? Let's about? not split hairs. I don't know who hired the team. Maybe you hired the team. Anyway, you're here now. Sign this, or we can send you back to Google. We should, yeah, or we can send you back, or and, and that's where they go. Oh shit! Yeah, I'll, I'll let me get. Can you? Can I sign it in blood, or is it ink, or just? Uh, uh, and so you have all of these races. You have all these people, and they all get disenfranchised one way or another, and you find yourself in the shadows. Which Seattle was a very big hub of this. There's a couple other places around the world that are also giant. Denver, Hong a big Kong hub. is another one. Hong Kong's a huge hub. Um, and so basically, they're literally shadow runners. You can turn a corner and probably find one, and they're there to fill in the gaps and to get money from these corporations, basically sniping at each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's because they can't. Nobody, no corporation wants full out war. None of them want full out war. It's bad for business. No one's buying stuff if they're dead. Right. Well, it's, it's shadow running becomes a deniable yet acceptable. Mm-hmm. way of doing business mm-hmm. you know they've Absolutely. all all the metacorps have have agreed to this sort of code of conduct this 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 mutual set of laws that let's face it just becomes inconvenient more often than yeah. not and it's, and the, the very best shadow runners are the ones who can get in and get out without ever being seen right mm-hmm. unfortunately that doesn't usually make for a very entertaining game so a lot of the times in your games that you'll play some shit will go wrong and some people will get shot uh, there's well, a very famous phrase it's called uh, there's no such thing as a milk run. Mm-hmm. Right. What they mean by that is you're not just going to go down to the store when you get hired as a shadow hunter to go pick up some milk for this guy. Or more more appropriately. Oh, you will, but there'll be six trolls yeah, with exactly. chain, chain yeah. guns like, in the way. Whatever, yeah. whatever you're the guy who hired you, which is generally known as a Mr. Johnson. Yep. That's actually a, a title. 
Yeah. Uh, like, uh, you, you, you go names to Names are never really exchanged. Names are never exchanged. Johnson is like an unofficial title. Whatever the briefing that Mr. Johnson gives you, it says this is what the job is going to be. Uh, it's, an un- it's an unofficial law that that's not everything. Sure. So there's always going to be a twist. There's always going to be something unexpected. Uh, it, it, it's 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 how you run Shadowrun. It's how you as a as a Shadowrun so GM. Actually, one of the best things about Shadowrun Fifth Edition is in the back of the book they have a random run generator that you can roll <laughs> dice, and it's got like location for the meet, uh, basic idea of what you're going to be doing on the run. Like the fifth dice roll is what goes wrong. Hello, Matthew here. Sadly, we had some unforeseen audio issues with the recording, and I had to remove a few minutes of the conversation about Shadowrun. Don't worry, you didn't miss too much. We talked about how in Shadowrun there are not really any classes per se, more like archetypes. A few examples of these are Street Samurai, cyberware enhanced Shadowrunners that let their swords do the talking, there are Riggers, those that use drone technology to assist the group in surveillance, reconnaissance, and mechanical backup, there are Mages and Shamans, who are two unique groups that either see magic as another form of science, or the other as an intuitive process of knowing the natural world. There are also Deckers, which are futuristic hackers that are the masters of the Matrix. This is about the sum of what you missed. Again, I deeply apologize for the glitch in the programming, and now back to your normal conversation. If you're if you're a chromed up, uh, you know, cyber Head boy, to toe guy. cyber boy, God help you if you want to accept some magical healing, uh, because when yeah. you when you install cyber technology into yourself, you are actually doing. Damage, damage to your soul. To your soul. Yeah. And yeah, they call they, uh, the it's street, essence. Yeah, it's called essence. And basically, the more uh, the more cybernetics you have and technology in your body, the lower your essence score goes. And this interacts with not only if even potentially if you actually could do magic, you'll be less you'll, effective yeah. at you'll it. Cut, you'll cut parts. But also, of if magic, not bad magic, but if good magic wants to help you, it's not going to help. Now, yeah. I have seen some, uh, especially in fifth edition, uh, the way that they put some stuff together. If you're very, very careful, you can you can do uh, a, a combo fizz ad who's got delta wave bioware yeah but not a lot of it but like i have seen people do things like stack wired reflexes and uh and uh enhance dexterity so what what he's talking about there what because the technology has progressed so far they have moved they've started moving beyond cybernetics and into bionetics bionetics or uh basically uh genetic manipulation Mm -hmm. and they can literally implant your own organs we're going to take out we're going to have your organs we're going to clone the organ we're going to modify it then we're going to take your bad uh, you take your old organ out and put the new one in you you still take a hit on your essence yeah I mean, you're it, with with uh, so the, the Bioware comes in three or four waves. It comes in, in Alpha, Beta, uh, Gamma, and Delta. Delta. And Delta Wave Bioware is it's not nearly as like mm-hmm. your, your your Delta Wave Bio arm is never going to be as crazy powerful as the Cyber arm, mm-hmm. but it's going to be pretty damn powerful at a pretty low hit to your essence. So you can if you uh, if you are a mage who wants to get a charisma modifier added mm-hmm. in. Yep. You can do a, that. Like a pheromone pump. Well, you can put a pheromone pheromone gills in, mm-hmm. and then on top of that, you can still cast all your magic, which mm-hmm. makes you the beautiful thing about Shadowrun and the way that it's always been is d- uh, developed is 
then you can come up with a ton of various oh, yeah. it's, uh, it's creations. A, so, so it's I a wanna, tinkerer's uh, dream. Yeah. yeah, that's another thing I want to pay if you want to go into more mechanics because I think we hit most of the archetypes that I can think of. Yeah, Mage, I mean, other than deckers, yeah, there's face, deckers, face, De- yeah. deckers are basically hackers. They yep. they're dedicated to dealing with the matrix and how to get Which, through. Which as the as the game progressed, it went from. Uh, more the William Gibson, you have a cyber deck and you jack in and your your brain is in the matrix to more of a, um, you can still do that, but also because w- one of the best ways I have to describe the technology is that it progressed from the future, future of the eighties to, to the future of the nineties yeah. to the future of the aughts. And yeah. pretty soon we're going to have the future so of the fourth edition. They started, they first called this otakus, which basically what they now modern fifth edition, they call technomancers. technomancers They're yeah. basically people that can directly interface the matrix without any deck or anything. Basically, they realized, oh, wait, they're wire, wire, wireless technology is a thing. Mm-hmm. Well, and, yeah, and wireless they... technology, augmented reality. Yep. Uh, I actually have a story about uh, otakus. So one of the biggest games of Shadowrun I played, uh, me and my wife, Kelly, uh, um... Uh, we played in the same game, and we were. She was a. She was an elven mage, and I was an elven decker. And we we oh, yeah, we've in something about Kelly and I. We very rarely like hook up in game. Yeah, this is. I'm one of glad the, that you added that to the end. Yeah, no, yeah, it's good. Uh, it just it just never. It, it's very rare that we actually have any sort of like romantic relationship. This is one of the ones where we basically had a fuck buddy relationship. <laughs> um. Uh. And you know we 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 had fun like role playing outside of the game between the characters, and eventually there was a a little scenario where you know she said like uh she was like uh, I have a surprise. Uh, you know, we're we're pregnant. I'm like, I thought you said you had a spell for that, <laughs> uh, but it turned out that that child was an otaku. Yep. Uh, and and uh, you know, we had like this funny little scenario in our that we played out of like, you know, daddy's on his computer, and then suddenly the the little girl is like, is in the matrix with me. Yeah. And I'm like, how the f- what the hell? Well, yeah, because early on nobody knew what the hell they yeah, were. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, because otaku were, was a brand new thing. Very few people yeah. were were well, one and, of these, and they things. were actually they were hunted. Like the, they, they were absolutely of... well, and they were not hunted to be killed. They were hunted to be studied. Exactly, because around the same time that otaku started happening, you started getting your your uh, very uh, powerful, uh, self aware, sentient AIs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a bunch of various ones that have been. Uh, you know, the the second Matrix crash was actually caused by three of them getting into a, a, a shouting match, which involved <laughs> destroying the entire internet. Um, and uh, I believe, uh, okay, so one of the mega corporation CEOs is a dragon, more, yep. th- more than one. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if it's more than one anymore. No, Lofware's, yeah, because... Uh, Lofware's still alive. Yeah, and I believe Hephaestia, is that her name? I don't remember. Uh, I don't know all the I think she names. she owns. I, I I probably am getting her name wrong, but there is another. There's a female dragon that's a CEO. There is a there is a uh, a freed spirit that is that's Buttercup, hmm. and then there is an AI that is. I don't know if he's a CEO. There's an AI that's in charge of something. Yep. Um, and so like that's I love this world where this is what's going on. Yeah, like and so and so with all those archetypes. I would say definitely for the time period of 89, remember 89, you have AD&D, that still exists. This is one of the first games I would I would have to guess, I'd have to do my research on it a little more extensively, of, of being a classless system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, you can play what you want. And they had a lot of ways of like balancing out with it was, points. It was, yeah, and, point by and, and, and priority whatnot. systems and all this other stuff. Um, and so it created this idea of, 
if you could tinker with it, if you could change points around, you can move things around, you can play whatever the hell you want. Yeah. Hugely novel concept. So you get the cool cyberpunk idea, which is truly cyber and punk, mm-hmm. because you're an iconoclast outside the system. You're like, damn the man, fuck it. Everyone wants to, that's why the podcast. And you can have, and you can have LED or magical tattoos. Yes. Oh, yeah. uh, that's why, that's why the podcast that we mentioned earlier is called the Neo-Anarchist. It's the idea that the anarchy, the, the, the political philosophy has become, oh, have become very prominent mm-hmm. right. amongst these people. And you can play whatever you want. You can be magical. You could be technological. You could be, you only actually could be any, you could be a super lucky guy. Yeah. Because one of the things that you can do is they had a sort of a luck component called edge. And the more edge you had, the more sort of re-rolls and stuff you could do, which means if you just wanted to play the charismatic, raw, normal dude who seemed to be very lucky and he's always in the right place at the right time, play that guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's going to be your face most of the time. The guy yeah. who, who actually talks to the Mr. Johnson to make sure you're not getting mm-hmm. fucked, but you are getting fucked somehow. That's yeah, just, exactly. It wouldn't be and fun the, otherwise. And the one who distracts the guards who, uh, you know, and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, it, it's... And one of the things, like, unlike D&D, there wasn't any really, like, hard alignment system. Right. You could be as black or as uh, as evil or as good. White hat or black hat. As gray yeah. A, a, yeah. as you want. You can you can go through that thing. I mean, some, some the, the game doesn't really encourage any one style of play. It's kind of up to the GM to... to shape the the, 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 the the consequences because for, you could be a shadow runner who's like you know what I'm a shadow runner because I hate the mega corpse I want to want to bring back some old idea mm-hmm. I don't want to live in that world and maybe I'm an eco terrorist and I really like the environment I want to preserve it okay good there's tons of groups out there that you could be a part of be a shadow runner of and support them but you in the day you still need to get paid so mm-hmm. you may take that contract from Ares because you need money. Well, and also, you know, there's, who, there's who knows a, what sort of opportunities will will show yeah, up. Absolutely, there, there's a, there's a subsect of I wouldn't say subsect, but a subsection of shadowrunners who are not in it for the money, but are working for one of the great governments of the world, or are working for some magical group somewhere. Yeah. So uh, I know back before the second Matrix crash, you had uh, um, dwarven magicians that were flooding the market. Uh, these are great dwarven magicians, and they don't cost as much as they used to. Yeah, because they were all members of a group called uh, Hammer Knights, and they were working to destroy the world. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they infiltrated everywhere. Um, and... You know, like uh, you'll see a lot of uh, of former Sheer Shangere ghosts. Yep. And by the way, that is the correct pronunciation. It is not Tier Tangier. It is Sheer Shangere. Shangere. Well, that's a very different way than it looks. Yeah. Because because uh, because Irish people cannot spell. <laughs> <laughs> if you're Irish uh, and offended by that, I am. I am so sorry. So, um, what's up with Chicago? Chicago. Okay. Oh, wait, I was actually Jesus. just slipping to that page. Uh, because... So. So another thing that has occurred since the 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 sixth world has become uh, the world we live in is it basically barriers between the uh, our sort of static reality and the dynamic realm of magic have started to break down. And one of the forms of spirit that has come closer and closer to the surface are bug spirits. Because I want to point out something. I'm glad you brought that up. Because this is very important to sort of the overarching meta plot of Shadowrun. Because there's something bigger going on. Is if you notice their timeline. Everything gets weirder and weirder and weirder. We get elves and dwarves first, and then a couple years later, we get orcs and trolls. And then a couple, many more years later, we get changelings. Mm-hmm. Things are getting stranger. And there's at least one obsidimon. What's that? What's that? Uh, so what a lot of people don't know, or maybe I mean, a lot of dedicated Shadowrun fans know, I'm sure, is that... Uh, uh, 
There is another game produced by, uh, I believe it started being produced when they were owned by FASA, and mm-hmm. it was called um, Earth Dawn. Yes. Ah, Earth yes, Dawn. yes, yes, yes. Earth Dawn was their hard high fantasy setting. Yep. Uh, but it is official at this point, but uh, fans believed for years and years and years that Earth Dawn was the fourth age of the Shadowrun universe, and that is correct. And basically, uh, uh, magic died. And, There's these ebbs and flows of right. magic. Each age is either the birth or death, or sort of the the hibernation of magic in right. the world. Our what we know as the real world would be the fifth age. Right. That that age of no magic and just normal people just doing normal human stuff. That was the fifth age. So basically, uh, at the beginning of the fifth age, which we would have called early prehistory, there were tons of sentient races on Earth. They all fled into underground crypts to avoid the the terrible, horrific. I hate the name, but they're literally called the horrors creatures from the great astral realms that they accidentally uh, caught the attention of by doing magic. Uh, Those things came to this reality to try to destroy everything. Everybody hid. And then basically society rebooted. And basically it's a post-apocalyptic fantasy setting. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Fighting against, trying to hide against Cthulhu. Because that's what we're about to get to when you're about to talk about the bug spirits. So bug spirits are both literally the spirits that drive insects, uh, but more appropriately, they are these super alien... I mean, imagine an anthropomorphized giant cockroach with super magical abilities. Um, And what began to happen is that these things, because they tend to hive up, would, uh, at first you wouldn't notice they were there because they're very good at hiding and they're very good at riding people. And this is very important. Shamans, this is very close to shamans. Yes. So you could be a bear shaman. So bear comes in through your great awakening of your magical ability. Bear may come to go, hey, you're you're a cool guy. Me and you are going to hook up because I think I can help you. And you make a, basically you kind of make a deal. Yeah. Um, it's not Faustian, but it's just, hey, I'll help you. You help me. This We're all good together. Occasionally, rarely, you'll get a shaman who doesn't get visited by sort of a mammalian or sort of animal spirit. You'll get them as a bug spirit, and they'll find you. And instead of making a deal, they'll just take you over. They'll just ride you. Yeah, yeah. they'll just ride you. Which and- is not to say that there are not some very powerful shamans that 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 are able to do bug magic and, and maintain their minds, but those aren't PCs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, so basically, a, a whole lot of people, a, a hive of bug spirits emerged in Chicago, and nobody noticed it, and they were able to infiltrate just every level. Well, what- one of they were they were riding under the coattails of something called the Universal Brotherhood. That yes, the Universal it, Brotherhood they church. It was, it was, it was a mega church. church. It was a basically make up a a, uh, a cyberpunk future shadow run mega church, hyper mega church, yeah. hyper mega church called the Universal Brotherhood. Hey, we'll take all your disenfranchised. Are you low? Uh, you down in your luck? Do you need inspiration? Do you need help? We can give it to you. So you're a person who's down on your luck, and you go to one of their homeless shelters, and they implant a grasshopper spirit in you. And, you, you and you'll never be missed. And you'll feel better. You feel and great. You, you feel great. And you're getting food. And, and it has superpowers now. And yeah. And mm-hmm. then you start acting low, and you'd be like, you, you start 
not hanging out with your friends anymore and your family. But you also start physically changing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there is a such thing. There very extremely rarely there are bug spirits that will not change the person that they are in, and those are called perfect forms. Perfect forms are terrifying because you never know they're there. Yep. Uh, bug spirits, when they take over a host, will generally change that host into something horrific very quickly. Yeah. And- but, but a perfect form, you could, you could be in the presence of a cockroach spirit and not know it. And so what this Universal Brotherhood was doing is basically started accumulating people and power and resources. And then somebody, then Shadowrunners found out about it. It's actually, I think it's one of the more popular like big event, like story yeah. story events that they did, which basically said uh, they've uncovered this secret and got revealed. And basically Chicago went to complete shit. Yeah. Because once the cat was out of the bag, the bug spirits were like, fuck it, just go. And right, yeah, so they the, start flooding out of Chicago, like in central Chicago. I mean, I mean just imagine that you, you, you did not know that there was a cockroach nest right there and you accidentally popped it with your elbow. And then you turn, you turned on the lights and then they're, they're everywhere. everywhere. Mm-hmm. But, so yeah. the, the United States government said, well, we got to do something <laughs> about this. So you know what we'll do? We'll send a whole bunch of big badass mages in. And all those big badass mages went in and, and got taken over by bug spirits. Yep. Well, that didn't work out <laughs> the way we Now they hoped. have the big badass mages shit right now those big badass mages are our enemies and they still have all their magical pl- powers plus fucking yep. grasshopper yeah. power uh so so well you know what we're gonna do we're gonna build a big wall that, that will so, walls build solve wall. everything yeah. walls actually did build solve this problem <laughs> build a wall the bugs are gonna pay for it. well so the bugs did did actually pay pretty harshly for it so so what they did is they built a giant wall around chicago uh and that actually did it was a magical wall that it did actually keep the bug spirits in they couldn't get out so while that was happening uh the the government further decided let's drop it Correction, that's, I know you read to say the United States, it's Aries. It's it. Aries, 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 Aries did it, yeah. Uh, let's drop uh, a shitload of conventional and nuclear ordnance on Chicago. And while we're doing that, uh, we just developed this new thing that's a magical spirit, or a, I'm sorry, a magical nuclear bomb, a spirit nuke. We're going to drop that too. That's got to work, right? We're going to drop just as much just ordinance on this place as we can. Exterminatus. And true, true 40k fashion, exterminatus on these bug spirits. And I don't want, I, I don't want to destroy your expectations, but it did not work. Yep. Uh, it, it did keep the, the bug spirits pretty much confined to Chicago, yep. but it destroyed Chicago. It, yeah, well, it becomes a lawless center, essentially. It's become a, uh, they call them, the, uh, uh, it's a, not a dead zone, what do they call them? Um, blighted zone? It's, uh, it's, it's like uh, there are various places you can go in the Shadowrun universe that are a lot of fun because you can't access things like the Matrix. <laughs> right. Like uh, if you ever maybe get maybe a dead zone. In, maybe a dead zone. But or if, quiet or no. Uh, it's, it's, it's a toxic like a, It's a primitive zone or a primal yeah, zone. Yeah, right? it, basically it's disconnected from a lot of technology. Um, it's basically become Mad Max Beyond the Thunderdome. I think Toxic Shithole is exactly yeah, Toxic Shithole. Uh, they call it the Cermak Blast is basically what they, with that air, that central area. And so bug spirits infect this area. There are still people that live there. They yep. live inside the zone. They fight off bug spirits. They fight all kinds of weird And some of the ghouls. most dangerous shadow runners in the world operate out of there. Yeah. Because who the hell's going to go into Chicago to get them? No right. one. And so basically, you, you, Chicago was an interesting because uh, not only, as we said earlier, there's a whole bunch of video games. 
that were centered around Shadowrun. There's been like SNES games, NES games, and well, one of the latest ones, which sort of heralded the return of Shadowrun, really got everyone. It was Shadowrun Returns, literally yep. what they called. I and love the, this. I love Shadowrun. Um, and the main so story of Shadowrun Returns is centered around the Universal Brotherhood. Yeah, yeah. And dealing with the bug spirits and realizing because you're in Chicago before all those crap happens. No, no, you're no. That's it's set in Seattle. Oh, so it's, it's, it's actually the, it's actually a, it's the Seattle branch Seattle of Universal branch Bro- of the Brotherhood Universal that is happening contemporaneously while Chicago well, is becoming a shit show. Yeah, okay, mm-hmm. got it. And, so you're, and you're, Harlequin you're, shows up. And, uh, Harlequin. Well, okay, if we were ready to get into meta plot time. Yeah. So, well, we don't need to go too deep in the, the meta plot, but uh, the thing about elves is that uh, some of them are actually immortal, and Harlequin theoretically might be yep uh harlequin is i i know that those of you out there must love harlequin i think he's the dumbest character because <laughs> he literally dresses up like a harlequin but he's also like thousands of years old i have i have to interject because we have someone in the chat right now and thank you very uh uh koi kit says the bugs did nothing wrong <laughs> I don't necessarily disagree. The bugs were just doing what they, they do. Bu- just doing bugs what they are do. Bug. They're just herald- heralds of the great old ones. That's all. That's. I what- mean, they're just mini horrors. That's all they are. I mean, if you if you support the horrors, then we can't be friends. Yeah, yeah, because they want all anti life. Right. Yeah, all of it. Well, I mean, and and that's the thing. One of the one of the brilliant things that they've done in the Shadowrun universe is when you look at the big villains of the Shadowrun universe. You have to understand that you may not understand, like Aiden, Aiden the dragon that destroyed Tehran, and uh, and I can't remember the dragon's name that destroyed uh, uh, th- the big city in South America. But your first thought is like these guys are they're villains. They they murdered uh, countless sums of people. You, yes, and you're not wrong. They they did they did do that. But the dragons are not the horrors. The dragons are still trying to stop the horrors from coming back. And in some of these places, could have heralded some of these horrors well a human population being what it was was going to herald the horrors Mm -hmm. yeah so they they are helping in in their own bizarre way to 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 stem the tide that's going to lead to the world they don't want the world to be destroyed that's where they keep all their stuff Stuff. not not all of them and that's part of the meta plot when we said the ages the horrors can only go come here when magic is high enough, yeah. when they saturated so much of the world, when the barriers between this world and the world of magic, and in fifth and, ed, it's real thin. Then it's starting mm. to get thinner to the point that it's probably. But the advantage that that humanity has, or meta humanity is what they call it, has is they have really cool technology and yeah. really wicked tools at their disposal. They have a lot of knowledge and a lot of abilities that they didn't have back in the day. Right, because using magic against these horrors may not be the best thing to do. Maybe you just need a Pull out it fucking blow them up with yeah, a plane. Blow them up, a shotgun. Like, and, and, and another thing that uh, so so I've, I, you know I'm, I'm I'm big into the sort of uh, meta story of Shadowrun. One of the really cool things that I've heard a lot of people who know a lot more about Shadowrun than me talk about is that it's great that we have technology. They had technology in Earth Dawn too. It was different. They had they had sky ships and cannons and all that. The one thing that they didn't have though was the otaku. Mm-hmm. And the otaku may actually be the thing that turns the tide this time when the horrors come back. Of course, we won't know unless Catalyst decides to actually release a seventh <laughs> so age. Oh uh, yeah, or yeah, because they're on the fifth edition book now, right? Which was weird in a little bit of the history of the book publication. We had fourth edition, and then it felt very rapidly like the next year or like eighteen months we had a fifth edition. No, it definitely wasn't that fast, uh, but it was fast. Because I just we went, remember it being a blink. Well, we went from we went from we got fourth edition. I don't know what year, but it was it was fourth edition happened either right when I got back from Iraq yeah. or while I was there, and then 
20th anniversary edition hit yep. and then like the next year fifth edition yeah dropped. it was it mm. was and then they with the fifth edition they revitalized it with Shadowrun Returns uh, Shadowrun uh, Dragonfall mm-hmm. and then Dragon uh, Dragon ah, Shadowrun oh man Shadowrun um Shadowrun Online is a Hong thing. Kong. Yeah, Hong yeah, Kong. Uh, Hong Kong. And don't don't uh, uh, look sideways at Shadowrun Boston Lockdown. It was a really cool game. Yeah. Uh, it was the same style as the other three, but whereas the other three were set in the 2050s, Boston Lockdown was not only set in 2074, I believe, but it's also, a, you can buy the Boston Lockdown splat and run it Oh, as a t- as a tabletop cool. game. Cool. The problem with Boston Lockdown was that uh, I-, I think the company vastly underestimated the the interest that there was going to be from people who were familiar with Shadowrun. Right. And so they released a really super mega cool game. Um, but me and all of my friends tore through it in about eighteen hours. Right. And then we were just not going to build another character. Yeah. Um. But if you have the opportunity, if the servers are still up, I hope they are because it's an MMO. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have the opportunity to play Boston Lockdown, you can probably buy it for like ten bucks right now, mm-hmm. and it's super fun. Interesting. There's a, so uh, we so we sort of talked a lot about the meta plot. We've talked about the general history. We've gone through the, some of the archetypes, and literally as we're showing you, and this is weird. We predominantly have only talked about the United States, yeah. North America. The rest of the world is just as big and as diverse. You can go to Hong Kong, you can go to Germany. You can go to the remains of the Middle East now is a fully televised uh, combat arena called Desert Wars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the world is bizarre, weird, very cool, and sexy. And that's really what it comes down to. Um, so for Shadowrun, a little bit story time, because we are going to wrap up here in a minute, is Shadowrun is the one game I have always, I was one of the first RPGs I ever saw, saw played, and I almost never have played it. Yeah, I've never played the first full second edition. I have the book, never really played it. Only when we have done Anarchy have I actually played Shadowrun. So I'm super happy to be talking about this yeah. and doing stuff. Because it's a super awesome world. It's super weird. You can play whatever the hell you want. You could be anything you want. Uh, um, my favorite novels from the series is the Never, Trust a, uh, never Make a Deal with a Dragon series. It's a fantastic story. You should look it up because... If you want to follow the journey of a, sla- a wage slave to a shadow runner, yeah, to an old, yeah. experienced shadow runner, read that series. It's, it's a really good series. It's really good. And another really good one. I forgot the name of it, but the general synopsis is: it's it's one book. It's not a series. It's about a young woman, uh, and teenager who has just recently gone within the last year or so goblinization to become a orc. Yeah, and I, she's I know exactly woman. which one you're talking about, and I. She becomes. She realizes later on she's a cat shaman, and she has to deal with magical stuff. And it's a great slice of life of this is what what the world looks like from that point of view yeah. of an orc and a troll because she deals with orc control things, and that's a very interesting subculture that exists because they have their own traditions, they have their own ideas yeah. about things, they have their own perspectives on things, and she has to deal with gripping all of right. that and it's it's a good story it's yeah. also a good shadow run story because it deals with the mega corpse and everything else that's going on it's You're just talking about 30 years of lore that has been yeah. compiled and it's it's as deep like i said it's as old and as deep as forgotten realms yeah mm-hmm. i almost and you don't have to older. deal with dritzed yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> and in there's characters galore that you can attach yourself to mm-hmm. um so that that's sort of my story behind Shadowrun. Really, what I'm really happy that we did this episode, even though I know it seems like we compressed and like shotgun through a lot of it. 
but we have to. There's yeah, just yeah. literally no way to continue going through it. Um, do you have any cool like stories about Shadowrun? Uh, I mean, I've got I've got a ton of cool stories about Shadowrun. I, I played a, a lot of Shadowrun, uh, but I can tell you that um, among the most compelling, painful scenes that I've ever played out uh, were with Shadowrun. And I think the, the one that most most typifies that to me was it's set in Chicago. Uh, and I was playing an orc who uh, was a hacker. And my friend Egger was playing a troll who was a street Sam. And he and I got into an argument about I don't even remember what, uh, but uh, I basically was like, I'm an orc. I'm not going to back down. And he's like, dude, I'm a troll and a street Sam. I'm, I'm going to fuck you up. And I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm an orc. And so I rolled to stab a data spike into his, his, he had a cyber Jack and I, <laughs> and I caught him with the data Jack and he had all this cyber. So I knew like, I'm a hacker. I'm a super badass hacker. And, and when you're in uh, when you're in AR VR, you move like five to 10 times faster than a person can move. Right. So I'm going to stick this data spike into his brain, drop into VR, take his body over, shut him down and lecture him. But a member of our team was a guy who was just kind of, he was a mage who didn't really understand technology. And he saw me, like I rolled amazingly well to get this data spike into this tiny target on this mean ass physically specced troll. I was super thrilled with the roll and the the mage came over and, and just, pulled it out because he didn't know what it was. <laughs> oh, no. And so I turn around and I'm looking up at this nine foot tall troll and um, Edgar and I, who's a very dear friend of mine, got so hot. We were yelling at each other so in character yeah. that we had to stop and separate and take 30 minutes and yeah. come back to the game. And I remember thinking that that was one of the, like me and Edgar both like, agree that was one of the best scenes we've ever been a part of. It was super cool. And like you said, man, like I was in the skin of that orc who was tired of being mistreated because I, I was in some half world where humans didn't like me because I was too big and trolls didn't like me because I was too, too small. small. <laughs> and like, man, <laughs> fuck the fuck the man. I'm a I'm a I'm an orc who wears Seattle Screamers jerseys and uh steals your grandma's bank account. And so like it's just <laughs> it's such a it's such a great world and I've had so much fun inside of Shadowrun. Um you know, I'm, I uh, I don't know if you guys knew this, but I'm really big into White Wolf games. But uh, <laughs> other than no. White Wolf, I would say Shadowrun is my my favorite yeah, game that I've it, ever played. It's really really cool. Uh, Scott, you already told us one cool story. Do you have any others? Uh, geez. So, um, yeah, one of my the biggest games that I run in was a, it was a, it was the same one with with Kelly. It was a troop style game. Uh, so it was uh like there was like two or three GMs uh, and like maybe like thirty total players. And it was whoever showed up. That was who was available for the run. It Jesus. Was, it was like it was like it was it was yeah. Whoever was there was there. Was there, and that's was, who was, you there did. was there, and that's who the Johnson hired. Uh, so it was it was it was kind of had some kind of verisimilitude to uh to the to the playstyle. So Kelly and I showed up late to one game, um, and so we come in and like they're in the middle of the run, uh, and uh, they they need a decker. They, they, they weren't able to hire a decker in time. My character comes in, they call me up. So like, oh, yeah, okay, do a quick negotiation to buy me into the, into the, into the, um, uh, to the run, uh, do this, this and that. Um, but they're, there's, they're being like really shirty with me because like, 
I don't know. Like, they were just being shorty with me. There had been some tension earlier. It wasn't uh, exactly the best thing. Uh, but, so, like, I I start tracking down whatever I start tracking down, uh, and eventually they, they run into some shit with some street samurai motherfuckers, um, and they kill them all. And so I just call my fixer and say, like, hey, do you have any market for some lightly used cyberware um and uh my fixture just shows up with a truck picks up all the bodies and they never know about it we 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 used to play i can't even remember it's one of my friends that uh, we, he bought the spell uh turn to goo <laughs> oh god and if, if, you, if you haven't played the game the spell turn to goo that's what it does yeah it literally turns a solid thing into a gelatinous substance and what he would do, the only reason he had that spell mm-hmm. is because any time we murked somebody, he would turn to goo and pull out all of their cyberware. Well, yeah. I mean, it's aftermarket, you know? I mean, every little new, new yen counts. And it, and all the rest, like, I guess I I, I was playing this uh, former ghost operative, and I, I really had no moral compass whatsoever. I was telling him that... Uh, we used to have a friend who would, uh, he bought the spell Turn to Goo, and the only reason he had it was that every time he would, we would murk, uh, like a street Sam, he would turn to Goo and remove all their cyberware and sell it on the black market. <laughs> God. Yeah, every it was. little new end counts. real gross. Yeah. Um, op- being opportunistic is not a bad thing in Shadowrun. Nope, money, money, money. Money. It, it's, it is all about money, because in many editions, that's how you got your new cyberware. That's actually, in some respects, how you got some of your skills and abilities. Yeah, money, money kind of scales with experience. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it does. Um, And so, uh, we need to wrap up, because we have been talking about this for a while, but something I want to mention before I get out of here is, no matter what you play, do know that Shadowrun tends to be very crunchy, yeah. very mechanically crunchy. There's it's kind it's of a, a min-maxer's paradise. Yeah, yeah. It's mm-hmm. kind of a kind of roll to walk down the street sort of game if you want to run it like that. That's why we also recommend Shadowrun Anarchy. Right. Um, it is a slimmed down version of that. That that sort of min-maxing is not really the why you're playing that Anarchy. You want just a very quick way of it's more playing. It's more about the story. Much more about the story. If you want to run Shadowrun, but you want to get down into the really nitty-gritty of like, it, Everything you edition. own will yeah. give you a bonus or yeah. a negative or advantage or disadvantage, and you can you can swap them, move them around. And also, in all the books that they had, they had like, oh, you just there's not just the normal races. You could be an oni from yeah. Japan, which is a is a troll that is literally a a one of their mythological creatures. Yeah. I think a forearm demon of some kind. Yeah, yeah, yeah something gross. It's awesome. Yeah, uh, and, and and it's really great. Like if you want to do, if you want to get down into, you like, want to be a leprechaun. You can be a leprechaun. I know exactly how many bonuses and negatives I take for every round that I fire, and how much each damage does. That's a really cool way to play, and we love it. We love going to Dragon Con with our super min max sheets and yeah, comparing and, and them. Just, and and you and part of the fun of Shadowrun is all right. It's kind of a heist movie. In that you're like, we're going to plan the run, we're going to do the run, and then the moment we get on the run, it gets completely just tossed out the window because something random happens. Right, right. And that's part of the fun. Um, but Chatteron is for people who want something a little bit easier, a little bit smoother. Why? I don't know, necessarily easier. The way that I like I like to look at Anarchy, I, I didn't read it until you guys recommended it to me yeah. because I wasn't interested. And then I read it and I absolutely love it. It's it's If you've ever played Fiasco, imagine Shadowrun with a little bit more dice rolling than Fiasco, but it is that same sort of very flowing, collaborative storytelling system where everybody at the table gets gets to play. Like That's the one problem with Shadowrun 5th Edition. If, if you're playing the mage, 
the street Sam is going to get to go five times before you. Yep. And Ugh. if there's anything even alive at the end, you're going to get to do your one cool thing and then sit out another five, five turns. rounds. Where the- um, whereas in, in, in Shadowrun Anarchy, the, the street Sam is still going to get to do his cool thing, but uh, but the mage is going to get to do his cool thing, thing too. too. Mm-hmm. And the trigger is going to be able to do the really cool thing, and the physical depth is going to. Everyone gets a it's a the the gap between certain things is not as wide. It, it takes characters. it takes a very modern take on yep. on the thing. Absolutely, and because of that, before we close out, I want to let everyone know the next episode of Polyhedron will not be live. We'll not be recording live. I will broadcast it, but you'll hear the very first episode of James Davies Presents with Polyhedron Plays Shadowrun Anarchy. You'll hear our actual play of this wonderful game, and he has cooked up an amazing story for us. It's I'm glad it's, you guys like it. Yeah, oh, it's fun. I can't wait. To we, how wait many? For more. We've done two sessions. Two sessions. two sessions. I'm gonna get about five or six episodes out of that, and then we gotta record some more. Um, because but, I lost that notebook, I do need somebody to give me a recap before uh, next uh, game. Oh, don't just, don't you worry. Why don't I just hand you the audio files? That'd be great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I, had, and, I got home and realized my notebook was gone. I have no clue oh, what I did. So the, the next episode of Polyhedron will be that uh, first episode of our actual play of Shadowrun Anarchy, and we won't be live. Uh, you will get that episode. In in the normal slot that our normal episodes go, um, but after that point, you will only, you need to become a patron if you want to hear the let's play of Shadowrun Anarchy. So become a patron today, and you can hear us have a goofy adventure uh, with James Davy here. And we I, we specifically uh, sort of built an adventure that is. Yeah, it's kind of goofy. It's kind of fun to listen mm-hmm. to. It's not just like you're sort of I'm gonna break in here and steal the the data. No, we I, I put some stuff together that is there's humor and there's there's yeah. uh, there's 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 humor. There's horror. There's, there's some horror. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's there's some fun. questions that have to be answered. Some yeah. ethical and moral questions that there's have to be answered. There's some riggers who need to be disciplined. <laughs> there, there's, there's there's a rigor that no by by riggers you mean one rigor. Well, one rigor. He's the one who's very not here specific right now. rigor. <laughs> It needs to be spoken to about some decisions that he's made. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, we hope you really have enjoyed this episode. If you really like the episode, go over, uh, give us feedback at polyhedronpodcast at gmail.com. Um, you can find me uh, at BioImportance on Twitter, or if you want to find the show, we're at PolyhedronCast. And you can find me at DivisMallCav on Twitter. And you can find me at The Dark Archive on Facebook. You can find me at Dark Archive Pod on Twitter. And you can find me uh, on Patreon by searching The Dark Archive. Uh, and if you enjoy the world of darkness at all, uh, you I think you should give The Dark Archive a, a day in court. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, not kidding. It, I'm, he, I'm he wait- did, he's doing an amazing job. I'm waiting on that next guy in King thing. Yep. Man. It's I, be- we Woo! dusted off, uh, I, I mentioned earlier, we're a little bit behind because of some work stuff, but I dusted off the final writing on not only on The Last Guy in King's next episode, but on the special episodes, one of our Patreon rewards is if you donate a certain amount, you can uh, actually submit your character stories to me, and I will do a Dark Archive entry as if your character is a canon character. Nice. And uh, other patrons will be able to listen to that episode. You'll get to, of course, final uh, say on the, the wording and the way that it's written, and and then I'll go forward as if this is a, uh, a canon thing. Dude, That's it's rad. super rad. Uh, go look that up. Speaking of Patreon, uh, you can also help out the show here. Um, there's a lot of extra content we do we're about to do the after show that only patrons get to listen to plus now with the sh- uh until we reach a certain goal uh you have to be a patron or will have to be a patron to get all the shadow run actual play of shadow run anarchy so there's a lot of incentive to go to patreon.com slash polyhedron give us a buck 
become one of our bosses and really support the show because that money helped me pay for some things I need to do for polyhedron. It's going to continue doing so. It's a great help. And I really want to just, uh, you know, thank you for all the support. Those people who have already given us money. And, um, if you, wherever you're hearing this, give us like a five-star review, do, uh, the metrics proud as it were. Did I, did I tell you that, uh, after I made fun of his name on your show, Michael Tyson, I said, I said, uh, I said like, well, he doesn't pay me. And then he promptly <laughs> supported me. So oh, thanks, right. Mr. Tyson, and I apologize. Also, there's going to be another Polyhedron Plays campaign. Pain, it's in the works. Uh, I'm going to be running Aeon. Yep. Uh, which And again, you will only get that if you're a patron. Well, you'll probably get the first episode. Yeah, you'll get the word. But you'll get a taste. you get a you taste. Get a little bit of taste. Like, I, I know that I'm not a, 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 a Polyhedron regular, but I get to play that, right? Uh, absolutely. We're gonna, I was going to talk to you about it earlier. Yes. I, uh, uh, we're still working on details. Uh, I'll, but... I'll, I'll, I'll put a little little spoiler here. It's it's going to be uh, uh, basically psychic space marines and glorious <laughs> bastards. Yep. That's and, my actual and life. And we're going to be playing a game that that's not out yet. It is yeah. officially not released yet. We're going to play basically show you the very first you're gonna, rendition you're gonna of the rules some, for science. Some live, of... live play testing. It's yeah, going to be it's, fantastic. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be super amount of fun. So give us a buck. Become a patron. You get to hear all that. One dollar. One, one damn dollar. One dollar. Or five dollars. Five dollars is a very popular choice. Ten I agree dollars. with uh, two hundred and fifty. You don't know where I'm coming from yeah. now. <laughs> PayPal is <laughs> somebody's also done that. If you don't feel like doing a subscription based thing that Patreon does, somebody has asked, Can I just I can only do five bucks this month? Can I give you five bucks? And yeah. I said, sure. And I gave them our uh our PayPal and they gave us the money. So however you want to support us, please support us. Share us on Twitter. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Retweet our stuff. Follow us wherever you can. Email into the show. Become a part of this community because it is growing, and I do appreciate it. And people don't realize how important those those reviews are. Yeah. It, it, those reviews are, are how algorithms use to push us up in the queue. So if I'm a guy who's just searching gaming podcasts, the more of those reviews we have, the more likely your you're, icon is you're to gonna be. See, be. And that's not just like the top 10 or top 20. Yeah. Because you can go to that. You can go, I want the top 10 or top 20. So you'll never probably one day maybe see us. But if you just hit randomly, I want to look at this RPG, you type up role playing, maybe we'll pop up. Right. Yep. We're all slaves to big data. Yeah, but uh, we really need to close it out because we got to get the patron content. So from everyone here at Polyhedron, go where you find us. Go roll some dice. That's still weird. I shouldn't be saying that. <laughs>